0: and gentlemen boys and girls dudes and dudettes this is smooth e your resident smooth jazz dj wanting to thank you for listening to today's show if you like the show and would like to know more about any future updates then please consider following the official instagram page at Tnapcast. that's t n a a p c a s t also, if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, consider leaving a five star review. And now, I turn it over to your hosts for a brand new installment of Two Nerd Skis and a Podcast. Cue the intro.
1: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. It's time for Two Nerd Skis and a Podcast!
0: Let them fight. And welcome everyone to a brand new episode, installment of Two Nerdskis in a Podcast, the show where two nerdskis come together, talk about everything that's pop culture and entertainment. Um, that intro could have been a lot better. <laughs> um, I'm one of your nerdskis. This is Eric. This is Jeff. Uh, welcome everyone to our very first installment of the Legendary Verse, where we're going to be talking about... Uh, the three movies that are leading up to Godzilla versus Kong because we really want to talk about Godzilla versus Kong, and uh, I think it's been a long time coming since. Uh, when was the first fight uh, that they had, dude?
1: It was back in 1962. So
0: 1962, yeah. So this is been... the
1: rematch, fifty-nine years in the making. Yeah, it would have been better
0: if it was next year, to be honest. Because it could have been 60 years, you know, that's even bigger of a weight. But, um, but, you know, it's time and the movie's almost here. So let's get into it. But, you know what? Before we get there, um, so I had not brought this up to you before, but um, this was brought to my attention uh, yesterday as of this recording. So um, I want to bring up a little cautionary tale, if you will. Not, okay, not a cautionary tale, but a cautionary warning. So, so yesterday, I wake up, I'm getting ready to go to work, and I see this email that it's pulled up. It's sent to me from an a Eugenio Wargling. I am not sure I pronounced that r- name right, but um, headline or re- subtitle or subtext or the l- title reads, Hi Eric, let's join forces to grow two nerd and a audience. And I'm like, uh, don't you mean and a podcast audience? But Okay, so here's what the email says. Hi Eric, my name is Eugenio, and I read I reach out because of your podcast to Nerdskis and uh again forgets to bring up the podcast part. I am the founder of Audrey, where we help podcast creators part, partner up with each other to grow their audiences jointly. We've been building a free platform, ten uh ten thousand members or ten thousand plus members to connect like-minded creators cross-promotion and partnerships, and we would love to have you and two Nerdskys and, again, on board. And so how this works, Audrey helps you, by the way, Audrey spelled A-U-D-R-Y, Audrey helps you team up with creators for collaborations of any kind. On the platform, you find the tools to network in your niche to talk to the right person on the other side. Ultimately, it's up to you who you work with. You keep full control over your content and the way you collaborate. Sounds pretty good, right? But immediately in my head, I'm like,
1: the red flags are just blaring. That and sounds I'm, like the shadiest shit I've ever heard. Exactly. I'm, so, hearing, this, I'm hearing this for the first time, and this oh no, I waited. Great. I waited till this recording to bring this up to you.
0: So I wait. I later went online to look up Audrey, and they're like, yeah. So like this scam's uh, plan. Is to like find like podcasts that are like up and coming like ours, and then they just take full advantage and they just pretty much destroy you from like the, from the bottom down, and it's really 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 uh, fucking absurd that this shit happens. So, um,
1: what's his name? I, and Bob- for anyone. Bob-
0: is that what, is that, is that what yeah, you said his A- name A- was? Yeah, u d r y That's the site's name.
1: Um, All right. Uh, so just well, l- anyone uh, associated with aforementioned company, uh, go fuck yourselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, I, I, I wanted to bring this up because um, as, as content creators like ourselves... You know, we want to be able to reach as many people as we can. We want to, you know, create our brand, and we want to like build ourselves up to a point where um, everyone, or at least you know, a good amount of people, listen to our show and we have fans, right? And we do. <laughs> the point, the point is, is that you know, you you don't you don't just randomly take offers like this, you have to like work for it. And then once you have a good size following or whatnot, and you feel like you have enough people to support you, then maybe those people will reach out. That's more appropriate to me. That probably isn't the best way for me to discuss this or to bring this up. But that's how I feel like, you know, like, so build your brand up. Don't rely on good opportunities like this or too good sounds too good to be too true opportunities like this because you never know how like quickly scammed you can get then it's it's just um, just be very cautious and just keep doing what you're doing and then trust me like you you keep at it and your audience will grow and your and you know your show will like get bigger that's what i mean so you know hard work will eventually pay off but something like this is just really shady and i caution everyone who's starting a podcast or anything to like just be cautious do some research i'm lucky that i was able to catch this um before i i'm I'm lucky that i was just i just saw the, the red flags right like right from the beginning but still i'm i'm I can't say the same for everyone else. That's my point. So, um, yeah, just just be very cautious in the long run. But do you have any thoughts on
1: this besides go fuck yourself? Hmm. I mean, all I can really say is, you know, not too far off from, from what you were saying. You know, just do your own thing. And... You know, create your own brand. You know, don't uh, you know? Kind of going off of what uh, what you were saying. Just, uh, I don't know, because I'm I'm always in favor of the entrepreneurial spirit, and I don't know any uh, even networks like this that are legitimate. I don't trust them personally uh you know because there's there's been numerous uh scandals with companies like that uh, oh absolutely what was that what was that big uh youtube network uh that um, i know what with? you're talking about wasn't chris stuckman involved with that? yeah it was defy media yeah yeah and wasn't
0: smosh also like
1: yeah, smosh got, this? smosh got caught up uh in a bunch of that crap um I'm trying to think who else Um, there were quite a few, but those are at least the big two that I know of. Yeah. And there were, uh, there were definitely multiple, uh, channels that were, that were affected by that because of their terrible management. And I think that kind of put things into perspective for aspiring creators. And I would just say, you know, you're not going to find immediate success overnight, it's going to take time. You're going to have to grind. And if it's truly what you love doing, then just do it. Even if your reach and audience isn't particularly big, just keep doing it. You know, if if it brings purpose to to your life, have fun while doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't do stuff like this just for the sake of growing uh, just, just for the sake of internet fame, you know, cause I feel that takes out the meaningful purpose of mm-hmm. talking about what you're passionate for. Uh, you know, cause I, you know, if, if this podcast uh, doesn't gain any, any additional listeners ever down the line, I'm content with that, you know, cause I, I just, I like kicking back, chatting with my friend about movies and stuff.
0: I think that's what truly, really matters is that, I mean, sure, it'd be nice to make money off of this, but that's ultimately not our goal. I mean, our goal, our ultimate goal is to eventually one day be filmmakers. Um, I mean, I went to film school for it, but I've always enjoyed movies and television. Um, I know Jeff. That's his been his goal his entire life, mine only for maybe hmm, I don't remember how many years, but it, and it was definitely like my junior year of, of high school um or maybe it was it wasn't my ultimate goal, but then I went from an English major to a filmmaking major um but um the point is is don't if you're doing this just to get fame and money you're really kind of doing it for the wrong reason too. And so you've, you've heard, you, you probably have heard multiple people who are creators, filmmakers, um, actors, stars, all of those people say, don't do it because of the money. Do it because you enjoy it. Money's nice, but um, do something you love because you truly give a shit about it. That's, that's what I would say. But yeah, I didn't think we were going to go so deep on this, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just – but yeah, it, it's just, – just do what you love because it's what you want to do. Um, and if people don't – if a lot of people don't follow, it's because um, only the dedicated will truly, like, be interested. Those are the people you create content for, in my opinion.
1: And that's it's true
0: in life as well. But
1: any first anyways, any first time (laughs) listeners that just saw the title of this episode, uh, they're probably just thinking, what the fuck is this?
0: (laughs) I know, right? If you actually
1: stuck around this long for any first time listeners, thank you. you. (laughs) And we appreciate you guys. Thank you. But I get. Yeah. So
0: why don't we just get right into it then? Um, Let's do this. All right. But so. Before we actually get into the movie, let's talk about our experience with this movie. So um, I have a little personal stake in this. Um, Nothing, nothing in terms of filmmaking or whatnot. But so this came out on May 16th of 2014. And May 16th is my birthday. And this came out on my 21st birthday. And this that was a fantastic weekend. Because that birthday weekend, I went to San Francisco and I hung out with my cousins and we uh, had dinner and went bar hopping and that was great. But before all that, I, along with this knucklehead and our buddies, Ryan and and Alex, we went to go see this movie in IMAX and it was beautiful. It was one of the greatest. It was it's I mean, like the experience was amazing just because I had. I had these guys with me and it was my 21st birthday and you probably have heard everyone talk about like how the movie theater experience or just the movie going experience is just as great as watching the movie. But this is true. Um, Cause I remember there were definitely moments watching Godzilla uh, with these guys and we were just like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> so um, that's my experience. Um, watching this I don't know about you um how what was your experience like a little bit the same or a so
1: little to put things into perspective when I was growing up Godzilla was my fucking religion <laughs> I, can, I, I can testify to this <laughs> I at one point owned every movie uh on whatever format it was available on and I'm really pissed off. I sold some of those uh, DVDs because they're actually worth something now. And I kick myself every fucking day for that. <laughs> uh, I um, I played the video games. I had a ton of action figures. Uh, there was a reason I didn't talk to girls for a long time. Uh, <laughs> and when it came uh. to. Uh, when it came to the 1998 movie. Uh oh god why did you bring I that uh up? <laughs> it's a terrible movie but it was my first Godzilla movie so there's always that sentimental value uh you know nostalgia is is a powerful thing That's a lot of fish Damn right it was <laughs> And <clears throat> excuse uh, me uh hmm. but at the same time I uh, I wanted Godzilla done right if a new American adaptation were to ever be made. And, you know, all throughout the two thousands, I kept hearing, you know, rumblings and rumors and being that Toho has always been so protective of their IPs. I just didn't think they were willing to give Hollywood another shot because Toho themselves, you know, took so many jabs at Godzilla 98, uh, you know, to, to give some examples, uh, Godzilla 2000 was launched into, uh, was launched into production as a complete response to, to the disaster of the 1998 movie. Uh, you know, cause they, they entrusted Tristar to, uh, to do their, uh, to do their character justice. And they, thanks fucked a lot, up. Roland Emmerich. <laughs> and, and they fucked it up. And, yep. um, uh, then they took another shot at it in, uh, GMK, also known as Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. Yeah, that's the real fucking title. Uh, And then, in Godzilla Final Wars, which is one of the best movies ever made, I will (laughs) I will defend that movie to the day I die. uh, The 1998 Godzilla actually makes an appearance in that film, and the real Godzilla blasts that motherfucker with his atomic breath with one foul tail swoop. Like instantly, it's, it was fantastic. And what does the villain say,
0: <laughs> if I recall?
1: Oh God, uh, what does he say? I think it was something along the lines
0: of like, "I knew that tuna eating, uh, that tuna f- eating uh, lizard was no, was no good or whatnot." Oh God, that's right. By the way, all living- I know is that I remember You'll it was Final Wars, National Treasure. Was it like, and wasn't it like he de- wasn't like Godzilla destroys? Zilla, as he's known, uh-huh. um,
1: to the tune of some was it some yeah, forty one? Yeah, some forty one of all bands. I, I like Sum forty one, but I never expected to see them or to hear them in a in a Toho Godzilla movie. We'll get to uh, Godzilla: Final Wars in good time, but that's yes, just we a will. little that's just uh, a little
0: taste of what to expect. But
1: but yeah, so um, uh, so for a while. I just figured it's one of those movies that will just probably never get made. And then Gareth Edwards was announced as a director. And then the project kept moving forward. And once I got an idea for the approach they were taking this movie, I got really fucking excited. And well, here's where I got really excited. Hang on, hang on. (laughs) I I ain't done yet. I ain't done yet. This, This is story time from Jeff. And then I see that first trailer. And that is still one of the greatest trailers I've ever seen. I was going to say that trailer. That's what I was
0: ultimately going to get into that first trailer. um, And then at the very end, when Godzilla roars. um, Oh my God. Oh, that was so beautiful. (laughs) Um, There's a, I, so back when I used to be on Snapchat, (laughs) Gross. remember snapchat kids <laughs> remember when it was actually an app for a change like a social media app and now it's i don't know what the fuck it is now but um so there's a snapchat video of me um, lip-syncing to godzilla's roar <laughs> and it's fucking epic L- remind me to send you this video later um <laughs> i i can't wait to hear- see what your reaction or like listen to your reaction as you typed it or whatnot i'm looking forward to this i'm afraid (laughs) it's honestly it's pretty corny but um it's it's stupid but i i enjoy it and i remember i shared this with uh a couple a couple people we know and uh, they're just like they fucking loved it actually i think it's on my facebook and i think it's on my instagram too so i think if you if you like take the time to scroll through all my shit. You should find it. Um, And to anyone who does find it, I am aware that I spelled commercial wrong. (laughs) So just bear with me here um, on that. But so anyways, yes, that first trailer was fucking that first trailer alone was just beautiful. And so I remember when tickets went on sale, I'm like, okay, dude, I'm getting tickets. Um, you better get tickets too. We're going to that like advanced greeting on oh, the yeah. day the day before. And um, I got the tickets. I don't know if I paid for – I know I definitely paid for my ticket. I don't remember – did you – I don't know if you paid for your ticket um, or if I paid for everyone's tickets. I do not recall. But all I know is that it was such a religious experience. Um, I still have the pictures from when we
1: went, uh, I think – um, I think I've seen them recently and I saw my hair and I died. Oh it. dude, your hair was I so. Inside.
0: <laughs> your hair was so like, um, I'm, I'll, I'll just put it this way. You're going through a phase. I think. Yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, Hair I mean hairstyles aside, um, yes, I think that was one of the best birthdays I had had um in quite in like a long time. And that and I was I remember I was going through some shit that year, and uh I remember just watching Godzilla, I was just like, oh, I forgot about everything else. This is beautiful. So um, but yeah, Godzilla 2014 was a treat, but that was, and that was seven years ago, believe it or not. I think it's, yeah, it'll be seven years, uh, as of this year since that movie came out. And, um, that, that's fucking crazy to think about. <laughs> I know. Right. So, um, obviously we rewatched it. Um, and I have to say, I think it still holds up. Like this is a pretty, this is a pretty
1: solid movie. I think. So I, kind of so a uh, uh, post release i kind of had conflicting feelings on the movie and we'll we'll uh, we'll get into all those but uh you know obviously the first time i i see it i'm not really thinking about it from a critical perspective i'm just mm-hmm. i'm just there to watch godzilla uh but then the more times i watched it some issues really started to come to the surface and the biggest mistake was killing off Brian Cranston <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, that I, was, I just knew you were going to well, say that One for one the trailer's fucking lied mm-hmm. and two he was the most interesting character in the entire movie So you're telling me that Ken Watanabe
0: was not good <laughs> I didn't say that I didn't well, say That's what it sounds like to
1: me Yeah but okay okay But you are right, right, though. In the first few minutes of the movie, he is he's forced to make a decision to either doom the entire city of radiation or killing his wife and other innocent people, basically, by shutting that door. And then he has to look at his wife as uh, as the doors closing on his fucking birthday Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, was... and so immediately, you know, as the movie flash uh, flashes forward 15 years later, and mm-hmm. he's trying to prove what really happened on that day. I am immediately on this guy's side. I want to see him prevail, and I want him to be proven right. And they kill him 30 fucking minutes into the movie. <laughs> and... Aaron Taylor Johnson is is a f- OK actor. He doesn't seem to have that much range, at least from what I've seen. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's other I haven't seen his entire filmography, so can't make a definitive opinion on his full range yet. But I don't give a fuck about his character. <laughs> He's not as generic leading man. He does the job fine but Bryan Cranston was so goddamn engaging and every scene he's in he's acting his heart out well you have to remember he
0: won an Emmy for how many straight years in a row as Walter White in uh,
1: Breaking Bad well plus this uh this movie was uh once the marketing kicked up that's when Breaking Bad was uh like just ended so Bryan oh, yeah. Cran- so so seeing Brian Cranston in this, and you know, go back and watch those trailers. Tell me you don't get the impression that Brian Cranston would be a would be a presence throughout the entire movie, and the fact that he doesn't even have one scene with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. God, like I, I know it sounds like I'm shitting on this movie. In this point, I am. Because that was a <laughs> colossal mistake. Okay, my rant is over. Um, but well, I was—I immediately had had to get that off my chest. I was just gonna. I was such, just gonna. That is such a fucking terrible creative. Well, thing. I remember
0: you were telling me, um, that like the whole joke was that like it's Heisenberg versus Godzilla, and apparently that—I mean, obviously that never happened. Which is well that kind of goes to show the misleading of marketing in a way, like really think about it. I mean, yes, this is a Godzilla movie, but like Brian Cranston is just fresh off the heels of breaking bad. So like, Oh yeah, we're going to use him as like the biggest marketing ploy. And I guarantee you that's why he's in this movie is so that people will get in the seats. Um, Even, even he's only in it for like 30 minutes, but it's, but like he's in it just long enough for um the guys at Warner Brothers to be like all right he's our big marketing pull get him the fuck in there in a movie that features the return of one of the greatest monsters that ever existed on film good lord <laughs> i'm not trying to shit on the movie too but yes i do i actually am in agreement with jeff like i do feel like brian cranston was wasted and like his character was by far the best thing as and I'm as I'm watching this movie too. I'm just like, I have here in my notes, God, Brian Cranston is brilliant. Why did they kill him off so early? <laughs> I'm just good lord. Uh, um, on a more positive note, moving forward, um, I'm as I remember watching the movie, um, as it opens, I have here in my notes, the opening credits are brilliant. Reminder, I miss watching opening credit sequences. And I think the opening credit sequence in this movie is you very unique in the way that it's presented because it's, you have all these, um, uh, like images of like monsters, uh, throughout the ages. And then you have like, this looks like, um, old military footage of, from like the forties of Godzilla. And, um, and you see the reason why the whole bikini atoll Island, um, nuclear tests were going on is because they weren't tests. Uh, as uh, Ashiro or Ishiro Serizawa, the the head of Monarch points out, he says, they were trying to kill it. Um, and that's a horrible accent, by the way. But, uh, but yeah, I really enjoy that opening credit sequence. And along with Alexander uh, Desplat's score, oh, I think, okay. One of the best parts about this movie is Alexander Desplat's score. Um, I don't know if you're in agree with me, but like, listening to his score, especially for the main theme, and then for um, I didn't want to bring this up yet, but like, fuck it, the Halo drop, the the music for
1: that bit, holy fuck. And uh, so I I will say uh, that uh, uh, this will tie back into uh, to the Halo jump, the cinematography in this movie is fucking beautiful it is a beautiful beautiful looking movie what i uh what i appreciate most is uh is how gareth edwards directed all the scenes with with the monsters for the most part it's filmed uh you know from low angles from uh you know from a human perspective Mm -hmm. to really sell the those, the weight and the sheer size of, of these creatures. And it's like, a, uh, uh, yeah, I have in my notes of some of the different perspectives they get, uh, one of, uh, you know, when they do mask POVs and looking at, uh, you know, looking at the monsters from a distance, uh, you know, there's that, uh, there's a school bus full of kids as they're driving away and, uh, the cameras inside of the inside of the bus with the kids as mm. Godzilla is about to bust through the bridge This is on the golden gate bridge, right? Yeah. And yeah. it, uh, it does such a great job at putting you in the situation and being that the, uh, being that Godzilla is such a lumbering force of destruction and, uh, just really takes his time with his movements. It, uh, it really sells the weight and, uh, I will say that uh, that's one of my mild nitpicks with the Monsterverse movies going for- forward is that they didn't really, they weren't really consistent with that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movements of, uh, you know, f- I mean, fast movements for Kong is, you know, is perfectly understandable. But in King of the Monsters, uh, I don't know, they-, they weren't able to capture the weight uh, that Gareth Edwards uh, was able to capture. Uh, capture so well in that first movie. But with, because um, I, I was curious how, how well the Halo scene, uh, Halo jump scene would hold up. Because uh, I know that was like, that was one of the most pushed uh, sequences in the entire marketing campaign. And part of me was thinking it'll, it would just be, you know, one of those over overhyped sequences that uh, didn't really deserve it. Mm-hmm but I will say it, uh, damn, that was gripping. It is a, re- I, it is pretty thrilling,
0: especially. Uh, so especially sorry, no, 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 I am just, just going off your point. Yeah. It is really gripping how, like when they jump off and then like you see from, so it, so Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, his name is Ford, right? So you see it from his perspective as they're like, you know, they preach the clouds, it's all rainy. And then all you see are the flares. You can't really see Godzilla. You can only see, his giant scaly skin and then like the flares lighting it up um as they're being fired up from the ground and it just the way the choir the the thrilling choir of the score is played in the background um along and there's not really that much sound either you just hear that choir and you're just like
1: holy fuck and the like i'd be fucking terrified too if i was in his shoes the way that they, uh, you know, they have the lightning going on in the background mm-hmm. and uh, as they're breaking through the clouds, it, you know, at one point it looks like they're literally jumping into hell. Yeah. And, and then as I got as, that sense too, as the clouds clear, you just see San Francisco, which burned to the ground yeah. and it's, it's so ominous. Dude, this is, I,
0: I feel bad for, by the way, when you we brought the golden, Gate Bridge earlier, and I just thought to myself, like, God, that bridge cannot catch a break because, like, it got fucked up in X Men The Last Stand. It got fucked up in a bunch of other disaster movies. And here's Godzilla just wrecking the shit out of it, unfortunately, again. <laughs> I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> San Francisco can't catch a break with its most famous mo- uh, architecture. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to get a lot of slack for that, unfortunately. Um, I I think, do you want to talk about the rest of the cast? Because, I mean, sure, we did talk about the best actor in the movie, but I, because I'm thinking about it now, and I haven't, the last time I rewatched King of the Monsters was when it first opened, but, like, I think for me, the better, the, this movie has the better acting, has the better characters, I do feel like there isn't a lot of character development in here, but... I do feel like the better characters are in this movie and I think it's better paced in here. And I do think that, um, I I, compared to Godzilla King of the monsters, I give a shit more about the human characters here than I did in that film. At least that's my, at least that's where I stand on it. I don't know
1: how you stand on it. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't really care about the characters in, uh, in King of the Monsters all too much. Uh, pretty much like once it got to the point of Kong Skull Island, uh, I feel that's where the the tone for the MonsterVerse was really set going forward, where mm-hmm. the characters are just basically placemats to, or are basically just placeholders for, uh, to, to bite time until the monsters show up. Mm-hmm. And that's a common criticism for uh, for these movies, which, you know, I, I understand. But at the same time, it makes me question how familiar are you with the genre? Because that's, I mean, to be fair, you don't really go to these majority. movies Majority, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like not very enthralling characters and just waiting for the monsters to show up. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to half of what Godzilla movies are. <laughs> This but it's true though, like you don't really go to a Godzilla movie
0: um or any monster movie caring about um any of the human characters. I mean, the only exception would probably be the original King Kong and then Peter Jackson's version in two thousand and five. I mean, we'll definitely get to those movies, but you I mean, those human characters are at least more engaging and have more of an arc compared to the characters featured in any Godzilla movie. Cause like, I mean, when, if you watch like any of the actual, like original Japanese films, um, no one gives a shit about the human characters. They're just there to move the plot along until you get to the good parts where Godzilla is just raining down destruction or he's fighting another monster. You don't really give a shit about anything else.
1: Um, what, I, what I will say though, is, um, is I think, uh, I do get the impression that Gareth Edwards is trying really hard to replicate the uh, the tone of the original Gojira from mm-hmm. uh, from 1954, and uh, because that movie was uh, that original movie was very uh, uh, character centric, and it uh, it kind of tried to depict this uh, you know all all these. Uh, all this destruction from a human perspective, and tried to tried to flesh out its uh, try to flesh out the the lead characters, and it did it did actually have uh, have a, have a couple interesting uh, protagonists, and uh, and I actually, uh, side note, a little piece of interesting trivia. So the uh, the lead actor, uh, let me pull up his name. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, so in Godzilla 2014, there's actually a deleted cameo of uh, of Akira uh, Akira Takarada. I probably butchered that, and I apologize. That's right. it, It's Akira Takar. Uh, what did you say his last name was? Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Shit. Takar Akira Takarada. I okay, think- hold on. Um. Akira
0: Takahara, I think is how you. I took like okay, three so- semesters in. I took three semesters in Japanese when I was in high school, so I'm like phonetically, I'm like that's how I would try. I'd try and pronounce, it. but it's
1: uh, Akira Takahara, I think. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so he was the, uh, he was one of the lead characters in the original Gojira. and he uh-huh. he shot a cameo for Godzilla 2014, and he would have been, uh. Uh, I think he would have been behind the desk at the police station where oh really uh, ford is uh, is there to go uh, pick up uh Brian Cranston's character from uh from jail and pick up Jack. Uh, I don't know jail. I don't know why it was cut and I think only one still image from the scene exists aside from that I don't think it's been really oh really you don't think the footage has been destroyed or like, deleted. I mean, I don't think it's been destroyed. I, I don't. I just don't think the footage has been released. Um, you know, because even in, uh, even in recent movies, there's there's a lot of scenes that are, uh, you know, you know, the footage is out there. Uh, just whoever's in charge is just being a dick with the footage, because there's uh because actually, uh, side note, in a uh, Creed two, there's a deleted. Rocky and Ivan Drago fight that takes place in a hospital. There's B-roll footage uh or yeah, there's a uh BTS footage on YouTube to show that it exists and there's a bunch of still still frames but the scenes never been released, wasn't a deleted scene on the Blu-ray, nothing. So, it kind of goes to show that you know, even uh you know, cuz there's been a lot of lost scenes In older movies, and you know, that was before film preservation was taken more seriously. But even if it's you know, even if everything's backed up now, doesn't mean you're gonna see it. Um, I was gonna point out okay,
0: site I don't mean to take another detour, but um, as you're saying this, and I was listening to it, but um, I was going through the Wikipedia article for Godzilla 2014. And I looked at Bryan Cranston's like portion. The very last sentence of his casting portion of the cast is says, "Despite his positive opinion on the film, Cranston would later opine that killing off Joe Brody early was a narrative mistake." End quote. Boom. <laughs> See, even Bryan Cranston acknowledges that. But okay, you
1: know what? You know what would be amazing if a uh, post-credit scene of Godzilla versus Kong. Brian Cranston's back. Oh my god! <laughs> Just, fuck it. Why not? Come up with a <laughs> bullshit explanation later. That would, get, uh, that would get so many people pumped up because that would because that would honestly fix the mm-hmm. biggest like probably <laughs> the most <laughs> glaring flaw of Godzilla twenty fourteen. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: um, I kind I want to talk about the rest of the cast for a second. So you mentioned Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, you know whoever. I mean, you mentioned that. You know he's not he's serviceable as a leading man, but obviously you know he's been in a bunch of other stuff. He was obviously uh, the namesake in the movie Kick Ass. Um, I've at least seen the first movie, and that's pretty crazy. That movie, but um, I haven't seen the second one. I hear the second one's complete shit. The Second um, one's awful. I I'll take your word for it. Um, Ken Watanabe as Doctor Ishiro Um, I like. I did not. I knew that. Serazao was the name of the doctor who comes up with the what was it the what was it the hydrogen bomb or the carbon dioxide bomb? The that kills ox- Godzilla? Destroyer. Oxygen bomb. The oxygen destroyer bomb that kills Godzilla. I thought I find it ironic that he's like Godzilla's like biggest um <laughs> biggest advocate in this movie. Um and I guess the first half of his name, Ishiro, comes from Ishiro Honda, who is the director of various Godzilla films. I wonder, did he direct the very first one? I, th- um, I'm pretty sure he did. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a pretty interesting, um, unique um characteristic. So, because like the original destroyer Godzilla is now the uh, biggest uh, advocate for the monster. Um, we see that we have Elizabeth Olsen as El Brody. Um, she plays ford's wife um i have here in my notes um and it just says one year later after godzilla's released aaron taylor johnson and elizabeth olsen go from a married couple to super powered siblings in avengers age of ultron i was just like <laughs> i just like wow that's quite the switch um i actually so think what? What was that? Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah. Actually, side note, I did read that, like, Elizabeth Olsen was really hesitant to do the role of Scarlet Witch in that movie. It's only because she found out that Aaron Taylor Johnson was going to be it. She's like, okay, I feel more comfortable doing this. Um, And so I'm like, honestly, I'm glad that she's, um that she did the movie because, like, uh, I mean, obviously, right now, WandaVision is um, huge. And as of this recording, like um it's nine like twenty-two and in about three hours the series finale of WandaVision is gonna air. I'm probably gonna I'm definitely gonna be watching it after we record this, but um just thought I'd point that out there. Um the rest of the cast is kind of like whatnot. You have Juliet Benoche as Benoche as Sandra Brody. She plays the wife of uh Joe and the mother of Ford and, dude her death was so it was so heartbreaking and you're right it's very much the it's very much the star trek uh, scenario of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of i mean the needs yeah outweigh the needs of the few um and it's just so heartbreaking you are so correct on that just seeing her have to unfortunately die so that millions of others don't die and uh it, you can see you just see the both the looks on their faces and the way she's telling him, like, take care of Ford. Just take care of Ford. And he's like, oh, Brian Cranston, why did they kill you off so
1: fucking early? God damn it. <laughs> so I think uh, being that we're almost 45 minutes into a Godzilla centric uh, episode. <laughs> Uh, maybe we should actually talk about Godzilla. Yes,
0: let's get into it. And um, so real quick, here's my quick question for you. Um, Jeff, do you remember how many minutes Jaws, exi- Jaws is seen on film in the very first Jaws? Was it like six minutes? Yes, I thought it was seven minutes. But um, Jeff, how many minutes does Godzilla show up in this movie? Like 10 minutes. I thought it was seven, but the amount of time that Godzilla, every time as I watch this movie, I'm like the amount of time Godzilla has in this movie is about the same as Jaws. I feel like, and I'm just like, ah, that's kind of disappointing. But when
1: he's on screen, Oh, because oh, oh. I, before going into this movie, I, uh, I watched G- uh, Gareth Edwards, previous film monsters. and, Right away, I kind of got the impression that was the movie that we were going to get, you know, more character focused, probably going to be probably going to have minimal use of Godzilla. And so at first I was able to accept it. But on repeat viewings. What just really sucks are the constant cutaways, because let me let me say this Godzilla's first buildup. Is one of my favorite scenes ever. When God. he first, when he emerges
0: out of like uh, the Pacific Ocean, and he, yep. gets, uh, he the he lands on Honolulu Beach because. But well, he, well, hang on, hang on. No, no, I'm, sorry, I, I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> I was just
1: like I was going to say something else, but go ahead. So, like I said, I grew up on Godzilla. Godzilla was one of my biggest obsessions, and so seeing seeing him portrayed so respectfully was one of the most surreal moments. And I will never forget seeing, seeing that scene for the first time on, on an IMAX screen. Like my, my jaw was dropped. I had the dumbest fucking smirk on my face just because I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And after that incredible buildup, once the flares are shot off, after that giant wave comes through and you just really get the, the size of this creature. That's what she said. And... <laughs> That's right. You heard him just drop it. That's what she said. I couldn't resist because <laughs> I have the mind of a fucking 12 year old. Uh... Uh, but after, uh, after this incredible buildup and uh, there's that really intense sequence of uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson on the, uh, uh, was it like the, the the monorail? Yeah, it was a monorail. And once the once the power comes on, they're heading right towards the uh, right towards the the MUTO. Uh, mm. We'll talk about that that thing in a sec. And uh, and then once it knocks one a helicopter out of the sky, it blows up a bunch of planes at an airport, and everyone inside is screaming. And then Godzilla just stomps and everyone is dead silent. And then I was going to say, I have here my notes. But then the camera pans up, revealing Godzilla. He roars. You're like, yeah,
0: fuck him up. Get him. Get him. Cut. Yep. I was a little, I was very disappointed too, but I was going to say in my notes, it's like, when everyone in Honolulu goes up silent upon seeing the king, I'm like, that says a lot. Because, um, I mean, sure, you're terrified to see this muto, um, just cause rampage and EMPs. But the moment you see a god show up, everyone's gonna be like,
1: oh, shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think, um, uh... In terms of the constant cutting away, I feel you could, you can do that once, you know, just to, uh, you know, you want your big Epic reveal shot for Godzilla, but you, you want to keep the fights, uh, you know, uh, you basically want to say that towards, uh, towards the end of the movie, fine, whatever. But then they finally, uh, you finally see them come into contact after, uh, Elizabeth Olsen sees uh, sees Godzilla emerging from uh, emerging from uh, from the ocean, and then the door shut that she's in. You know, filmed from her perspective, and it cuts away, and then you know it gets into the halo jump and everything, and then you're just seeing little bits and pieces of a fight, and then it finally holds on on the fight when the fight's actually going down. It's awesome. It's really fucking awesome. All the different camera. Uh, camera angles that they're able to get it's uh it it really it really sells this fight and helps it feel more grounded and uh, you know as grounded as a godzilla fight could be Mm -hmm. and it uh and and so when however this isn't the fault of the actual movie this is the fault of warner brothers the so i i have the movie on blu-ray Uh, just the standard Blu-ray release and the color correction is balls. Is it it really? It is so fucking dark. And I had, I, uh, after rewatching this movie, I actually had to turn the brightness up and I have perfect 2020 vision. So, so normally things like this aren't, uh, are an issue for me, Mm -hmm. but not for this movie. I Ugh. I had to turn the brightness up. Ugh. And however, uh, there's a new 4K version of the movie coming out, and I saw a couple uh, screenshots of it, and you know lo- looked at the comparison, night um, and day. It actually, yeah, lo- it actually. I, I it saw actually, one of these screenshots. It actually looks like how I remember seeing it in theaters, and mm. I don't mm. have 4K yet but once i do i'm picking that shit up because i want to i want to reexperience this movie and see what the fuck is going on <laughs> oh my god dude
0: this was uh, uh, um yeah it, it, i it, that's actually one of my notes is um I, as i rewatch this and i was also thinking this too when i first saw the movie i'm like this is really dark like
1: well, why isn't it, there it, enough lighting in this well it, it doesn't help that you have a uh, you know like mostly gray buildings at night with one gray monster Godzilla mm-hmm. fighting two other gray monsters. It's uh, I mean Godzilla's not really gray, but no, you know, like like he doesn't. So everything it doesn't help. Every, everything yeah. you're supposed to focus on has no color to actually stand out uh, amongst. Uh, you know, amongst everything going on, and that's one of the like. I know some people complained about uh, you know the same issue being present in King of the Monsters, but I think King of the Monsters had a much more vibrant color palette, and so I would agree. So you were able to, uh, you know, even when you know it was the fights were obstructed by you know harsh weather conditions. It was a, you were still able to at least tell what was going on. You kind of wish the rain wasn't there, but you're able to roll with it and still follow everything. So that one didn't bug me as much. However, in this in this case, it uh, you know just because Gareth Edwards is going for that grounded tone, uh, you know the color palette that he's choosing just feels you know it doesn't really pop. But that's kind of the intention. Mm-hmm. So with uh, because again i i want to love this movie inside and out because the things it gets right it does it damn near perfectly it has because i will say the first 30 minutes of this movie perfect i have absolutely no issue with it you have a perfect introduction to brian cranston you have uh you know the the way that it sets up the story, it grabs you, grabs your attention immediately. It uh, it makes you feel something for the characters. Everything was there, and if uh, and you know if if the whole movie was able to remain consistent with that by not killing Brian Cranston, <laughs> then it would have. Uh, then the movie probably would have felt better paced. Because the pacing is a little bit of an issue for me in this movie. And like I would say after uh, probably like in, at the because this movie is like just under two hours. Yeah, uh, it's just it's, but just it's, it's below if it. it feels like two and a half hours, at least for me, at least. And. And I don't know if I don't. I don't know what I would really cut out. But I think it just goes I think it goes back to the characters that were uh, that were following for the rest of the movie. And just because there's such a significant downgrade for from Brian Cranston, which, yeah, like I, I don't mean to tie it back to Brian Cranston, but <laughs> but it's it was such it it's a creative decision that overshadows the rest of the movie. So I, I feel it can't really be ignored just because the rest of these characters weren't as well fleshed out and aren't as charismatic as, as a, uh, what's his name? Joe Brody. Yeah. Joe Brody. Yeah. And when you're, when you're following protagonists that just, they're fine, but they're not getting, but they're not, uh, you know, you're not as concerned for, for their well being you start to feel the pace a little bit more. And at that point, you're just waiting for Godzilla to show back up. And then when you're being dick teased with fights for a couple of times, it kind of weighs on your patience a little bit, but then once the fight gets back into full gear, cool, right back into it. So there's just that 20 minute period where it, uh, it just really drags. But once Godzilla gets, gets to the city, you know that's where I feel the movie picks up uh, picks his pace back up, and when it picks
0: and when like that fight happens, oh that's when that's when the fan- that's when I know the fanboy and you came out because um uh well, I really think it was intense just that moment of before during that fight when ford and the rest of the rest of the uh was it the marines or was it just the army when the rest of the army they have to like Go in and detonate the eggs of the Muto. And then, when when you think that Ford's going to die, you see a blue glow and you see it move. It's his tail. And then you're like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And then Godzilla just unleashes an atomic breath and you're just like, ah. Because oh my god we were they, ever did it. Waiting they for fucking that. did it
1: because they fucked that up in Godzilla 98 and we Oh did, yeah we didn't Do get, you know why? Didn't they didn't, didn't even somewhere. have one. And uh the wave uh, that that was perfect. That was fucking perfect.
0: Dude, I remember, dude, I remember um I I I don't know if I remember your reaction, but I just remember everyone was just like, "Fuck yeah!" in the theater. That was
1: the overall consensus. And well, I think you and I, I were just like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> from what I remember, I think um, once the, the blue light was hitting uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's face, everyone knew what that meant. And so people kept, people were starting to, the clapping was building up right there. Mm-hmm. And then the moment, <laughs> boom, everyone lost their shit. And it was amazing. And even more so... Godzilla let's get hold on hold on let's not let's not get there yet let's wait um, this review is already all over the place anyway
0: oh yeah I know I know but le- before we get there why don't we actually talk about the mutos um, because those are the real because like the end the, how they die is how we should um, connect back circle around to it but um, how do you feel about the mutos in this movie um, you know the the villain
1: monsters of this film and they're fine it's generic as fuck it just looks like they looks like they just made a few design modifications from the cloverfield monster i was gonna
0: i have here um i didn't write it down but like i just remember like when that first um so they feed off of radiation and so like that first one that showed up like 15 years before uh the present day um they went to the they went to the nearest source and they just like just encased themselves and um, was feeding off the radiation. And then when it hatched, I was just thinking of like Fred Ward from tremors 2 going like, well, whatever's going to come out of it. It's not a pretty little butterfly. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of tremors. So at one point um, they're following the destruction. So like the second Muto is in Nevada and it's making its way to San Francisco. And um, at one point, they are in Lone Pine, California. I saw that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, are graboids gonna show up at some point? <laughs> Where are you, Kevin Bacon? Oh my god, no, where's Kevin Bacon? Fred Ward. You need fucking Michael Gross. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> just- <laughs> maybe you'll add some maybe you'll add some much needed like uh, spice after
1: losing Brian Cranston. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Actually, yeah, like oh. make that the big twist of the movie that, yeah, fuck it. This is connected to tremors. <laughs>
0: But yeah, seeing Lone Pine, California, I'm just like, oh, please let there be graboids. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't happen. But um, And then as the big fight leads up, as the big fight leads up, um, Dr. Sarazawa says that ever famous line that's now been synonymous in so many memes, let them fight. And boy, does that fight go down because it... One of the big highlights of that fight was like obviously the atomic breath, but like Godzilla just smacking a bitch with his tail. You're just like fuck yeah, <laughs> there he goes with the tail. Um, I I highly appreciated that, and so so um let's so now uh Ford I was gonna say Brody but technically that's his last name so so Brody so um he takes the nuke or whatnot he's gonna um take it out to sea um. Uh, the muto, the final muto, is um. Well, he Godzilla killed a muto by like smashing it, like whipping it with its tail, and then like it lands on like some it lands and it's impaled on like some like scaling or some roofing or whatnot, some leftover like uh, rubble, um, and it dies. So like the way, so you think Brody's gonna die because uh, the muto is chasing it, but then. Godzilla, despite being heavily injured, takes that meat and why don't you take
1: it away from here, Jeff? Godzilla then uh grabs that motherfucker by the jaw, takes a deep breath.
0: <sighs> roar, right down that <laughs> motherfucker's throat. And <laughs> it was and beautiful. Just, and you just see like the you just see like it the body go limp. And it's just the head detaches from the body and you're just like, oh. that was like, such a beautiful like way to kill off a monster, especially but, oh. the bad monster of this movie.
1: By the way, uh, interesting piece of trivia. Uh, so that scene is uh, so the entire sequence of uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, taking the nuke out to sea. Uh, he wasn't acting right there he, Aaron Taylor Johnson read the script for kick-ass two and, <laughs> uh, and just decided, fuck this, nuke me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this uh, has been your uh, weekly trivia with Jeff. Um, totally ass, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, mm. uh, yeah. Um, I do like at one point, um, there's a little Easter egg nod to a future villain in the Godzilla franchise. So like they're in Chinatown. Uh, this is going back earlier. So like they're in the rubbles of Chinatown. And so like after the eggs have been destroyed, um, you see a dragon head like in a pub. Oh, I,
1: I giggled like a little fucking dork because, because it was already crazy, crazy enough that a new Godzilla movie made in America was even being made, let alone being made with tremendous care and respect under the character. Mm -hmm. But the prospect of Ghidorah coming in. Oh my God. My, my mind was just going crazy with possibilities and we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that that. in a couple episodes or in
0: a couple installments, but, and actually um... on
1: a, it was on my, uh, I think it was my, Second or third viewing because I saw this in theaters like four times, and uh, uh, right when they're going through, uh, so they're they're in the abandoned city that they presume to be you know covered in radiation, and mm-hmm. uh, once uh, once Joe and Ford go back to their old house, of uh, Japan, yeah. Ford, Ford is uh, uh, sifting through his room and has a little tank that you know I think he had like uh, uh, actually. He had something in a in a cocoon.
0: Oh, I wasn't and, even thinking about that.
1: <laughs> and if you look really closely in the uh, uh, at the bottom of the tank, spells Mothra. I did not notice that. I caught okay, that. I go back and, and I so no no one else in the theater caught that. And I I snickered to myself, and then I got a couple awkward glances but it was worth it. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta relook at this for a
0: sec. Um, the fuck that's going to blow my mind. Um, by the way, so in that same scene, oh yeah. Oh fuck. There it is. Yep. (laughs) Dad's Mothra. (laughs) What I was going to say is that during that scene, so like, um, Joe's looking for his old, like data files on his floppy disks. I have like, in my notes, there those floppy disks should be rusted and worn the fuck out. Also, floppy disks. It was 99, 1999 After all, <laughs> God, that old time. Do you remember using floppy disks back in the day? They only held like maybe a couple
1: megabytes of data. Um, I think um, my very first computer, I, I think there was, I had some floppy disks, but I, I never used them. Uh, because I think I would just I would I was mostly just playing computer games on CD-ROM. Right, right, right. But, um, but
0: yeah, floppy disk, dude. That that's a big callback for me, at least. Um, damn, dude. Uh, <laughs> God, the old technology in this fucking movie. I swear to God. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, <laughs> um. Sorry, I'm still thinking about Brian Cranston too. Like, what the fuck, dude? Seriously, why the fuck do you even bother bringing Brian Cranston into this when
1: you know he's gonna win? Like, he's gonna fucking die early. Like, what the serious? Fuck? Well, Come plus, on. like, how much more engaging would it have been to? Oh, absolutely. Uh, to see, uh, to see Joe and Ford try to rekindle their relationship th- uh, mm-hmm. throughout the movie, like it that would've... would that would just be consistent it would have it would have just made the character dynamics so much more engaging and then i mean you could still at, at at the end mm-hmm. if uh you know to see to see him you know see uh uh to you know see l and his grandson uh i don't know it, it always just felt like such missing uh such a missed opportunity such a yeah very missed opportunity and yeah, if sure. uh plus like imagine Imagine how cool it would be if Ken Watanabe and Brian Cranston were the two reoccurring characters throughout the MonsterVerse. That would have been cool.
0: That would have been cool. But I don't know if, um, hmm. I don't know if I don't know if Warner Brothers or whoever who wrote the screenplay for this—that's uh, what I need to know real quick. Um, I don't know if the writers of the film or Warner Brothers had different ideas. They didn't want David Callahan um that's who the writer was. I don't know if um no, B- Max Bornstein wrote this fucking he Matt, uh, and then David wrote came up with the story, but the point is is like I guess Warner Brothers obviously had much different plans for this. Um obviously in this case, which is upsetting because you could it really you really could have had a really different story dynamic. The story definitely would have been much better as a result. Um like for all the reasons that Jeff said. Um, you could, I mean, after like fifteen years of um, just Joe Joe being kind of a conspiracy theorist, trying to figure out what was going on, and then you know his son has moved on uh, from past it, only for uh, him to realize dad was right all along. There is something going on, and then to just kill him off—that um, it could—I mean, like just to, just that realization alone that uh, his father was right. And then, like, had he not been killed off, you are correct, you totally could have built upon creating a new, like, father-son dynamic of rebuilding their um, relationship. And, um, obviously, Warner Brothers had different plans, a.k.a. Godzilla King of the Monsters and um, the laughable human characters in that movie. But we'll get to that one in no time. But um, uh, I do – I really enjoy how this movie ends. Um Because it's so, Godzilla has definitely been exhausted from the fight. By the way, there is one shot I really do like, and it's like Ford looking up at Godzilla, who's just lying down on the ground. He's kind of like kind of beating the fuck up a bit, and he just looks at him. Godzilla just looks at Ford, and Ford's just looking up at him, just in kind of an awe, really. And um, Godzilla, I mean, obviously. Godzilla says nothing because Godzilla doesn't speak. Um, he just roars, but he's just looking at him, and just that imagery alone, it, you could have easily turned out into one giant screensaver. I feel like, or at least like your background picture on a on Facebook or whatnot. Um, see, actually, my uh, um, pretty there's it's like Jeff said, there's some pretty powerful imagery in this movie.
1: My uh, my favorite shot in the movie is actually uh that uh that overhead shot of uh, of godzilla swimming underneath the aircraft carriers oh that was a good shot too um do you remember
0: do you remember um that shot of godzilla emerging from the smoke and rubble and um like right right as they're gonna resume the fight in chinatown and um all you hear is the music and the swale of that like his silhouette in the clouds yep. and as he emerges and he roars. That's a really good image too. I really like that image. Oh yeah. the cinema- Jeff is right. The cinematography in this is fucking breathtaking in this. Um, so how this ends is like, you know, it's the aftermath. Ford is reunited with his uh, family. Um, Godzilla looks like he's down and out for the count. And then he just rises the fuck back up and is like, my work's finished and just goes back into the ocean. And I like how like, there's a, there's a kind of like a news report on the television that just says, King of the monsters, potential savior, or a God of destruction. Who knows? Um, And then he just swims back into the ocean and then you cut to credits. And um, I just remember in theaters, um, just going like, dude, that was a religious experience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because because, uh, you know, because uh, I, I think back to some of the movies that I've been most excited for, because uh, it doesn't take or it, it actually kind of takes a lot for me to get super fucking amped for for a movie. Uh, you know, for the most part, like I'll, I'll probably be intrigued by a movie and, you know, look forward to checking it out, but to get really excited it doesn't happen too often for me. What was the last movie in this case then?
0: Um, that since you're talking about that, what was the last movie in the recent years, like maybe uh, in the last five years that you're oh really yeah so
1: to well, so right now it would be Godzilla versus Kong, uh, but since that's not out yet, I'm I'm not gonna count that. Uh, but I would say probably The Force Awakens was the last time I was. Uh, Either The Force Awakens or King of the Monsters. Uh, Both cases, I I just remember uh, watching the trailers over and over again, being, uh, you know, speculating like crazy what uh, what was going to happen and buying my tickets the moment they were available. I. uh, One of those severely disappointed me in uh, as time's gone on uh i'll let you uh, take a guess which one that was (laughs) (laughs) and the other one
0: was just i remember you told me the other one you told me you were fucking stoned (laughs) out of your mind or and you're just like you're going into it and you told me like dude i had a fucking blast (laughs) i think um i'll let you take a guess which movie that was but like i remember dude i just remember watching that movie in theaters um We'll get to Godzilla. I mean, we'll definitely get into King of the Monsters, uh, in two installments down the road. But as part of the series. But I, dude, that movie theater experience was pretty, pretty memorable. Uh, that oh, one yeah, no, too, it, and I wasn't it, even uh, intoxicated.
1: Because even with, um, uh, you, even despite not uh, anymore though. But, even but, uh, but, despite my gripes with a uh, fucking liar, uh, <laughs> d- despite all my gripes uh, with with the movie. It's still one of the one of the coolest theatrical experiences I ever had because oh yeah it mm-hmm. it's fucking Godzilla it and and you could tell that Gareth Edwards had tremendous respect for the character you know because I was watching some uh, uh some behind the scenes videos uh from uh, from this movie and just hearing hearing the way that he wanted to approach the character how. Bad, he wanted to get it just right. And because the 98 version was treated so carelessly, uh, like uh, I think uh, there's even a quote from Roland Emmerich saying that he wanted nothing to do with the original. He was so hyper focused on just making it his own. And when you're trying to adapt such an iconic character, uh, we'll also if your intention is to bring this iconic character from a country like Japan and trying to give give him wider exposure you got to get the essence of the character right so that the general audience has a basic understanding for what makes this character so appealing and the 98 version shit the bed and the 2014 like version like massively shit the bed yeah we're going to
0: talk about that movie someday I don't, I'm not looking forward to. I, I honestly don't want to talk about it. That movie, too oh, fucking shit. bad. It's gonna happen. Fuck you. That's no. I will not let it happen. Spoilers. It will happen. Oh, fuck it's, it. it's gonna happen. We gotta cover some bad movies at some. <laughs> point. I know. I know we do. But like, I'm not looking forward to covering that one.
1: Oh, fuck. I'm. I'm. I'm fucking ecstatic. You can do it on your own, bro. I'm. Not, <laughs> Jesus fuck. I'll gush about this piece of shit movie. Oh. Uh, uh, my
0: did I okay no lie I actually know someone um that I used to work with who in their humble opinion thought that their no someone literally told me that their all-time favorite Godzilla movie was this movie was was the 98 movie and I'm like are you fucking
1: shitting me <laughs> So I'm guessing they watched well like Godzilla's Revenge and that one <laughs> No, they For didn't Professor even watch Jongo. they didn't even
0: watch old Godzilla. They just watched that movie and I'm like
1: okay, the so, cartoon series was better. The cartoon series was better than that piece of shit. Okay, we need to cover Godzilla's Revenge in the Future. Uh, I'm is- not looking forward to that one either. Oh, I am not I'm not either. I can't sit through it. It's Oh no. One of the worst thing's I've ever seen. Speaking
0: of which, I just want to. I, I'm like, I, I know we're getting sidetracked again, like we normally do. But so our buddy Antoine, um he, I mean, obviously, he's looking forward to Godzilla vs Kong as much as you are, and as much as I, more so, you, more, so, I mean, more so the two of you. But um, he brought something up that I, I'm hoping you uh, would like to. Uh, then I'm hoping you remember. Do you remember? hanna Barbera godzilla cartoon by any chance uh yeah you know with godzuki godzilla
1: okay i remember seeing the uh the intro for the first time and thinking like Okay, you know this, this looks like you know animation looks cheap, but you know for seventy Saturday morning cartoon, this looks like this looks like a fun time, catchy little theme song. Mm-hmm. And Godzuki, I'm like, <laughs> nope, 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 you lost, me. you lost me. <laughs> Antoine's not going to be happy about that. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I've seen I've seen like reviews of the show and. Godzilla so, like shoots laser beams out of his eyes. I know! What what the fuck?
0: I saw that too. I'm <laughs> like, are you fucking like, nuts?
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure Godzuki is mostly is mostly a comprised of recycled scooby doo sound effects. Kind of.
0: I, I mean that's what I, that's what I remember from watching that cartoon, but Jesus Christ.
1: What I will say though. Because fucking, we're getting we're getting even more sidetrack. The animated series based off the '98 film, it's actually not that bad. I just said that earlier. What the fuck? <laughs> when did you say that?
0: I did. I. I, I just we're were you just talking about the Anna Barbero cartoon. I know. I, I. I did, but like I also said earlier when we were talking about <laughs> fucking '90 ni- the '98 movie, I'm like, the fucking
1: animated series was better than this. <sighs> It was that no, honestly, like I've been, uh, I found, uh, uh, so we had a local, uh, record store chain in our area called dimple. Uh, rest in peace. They, that that was, in peace, Yes. That place was a Haven. Uh, uh, you and I would spend so many hours in that, oh, in that God, store. Yeah, dude. And the, uh, when they were closing down, uh, you know, like I just I tried to swoop as many movies as I could and actually got some amazing deals. But one of the best finds was the complete animated series of, uh, you know, of the Godzilla, uh, Godzilla 98. And I got it for like two bucks. Oh, really? Oh, That's yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, because I think the uh, yeah, I think it was originally like, you know, 499 or something and at that point of the closure it's like yeah fuck it everything's like wasn't like everything like, like on sale like, or like 50 off at that point it was like 60 or 70 oh that was a fucking good deal
0: oh yeah, yeah I, I remember i bought it some pretty good shit um when i was with you with
1: the very last time and it was a very bittersweet moment but um oh dude yeah no i, I still have uh uh I, I have the pictures on my phone of us in front of it so uh, do i dude God, Sad do I miss that fucking place? Did you so keep Godzilla this- 2014 then? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Probably. like I think like I think 40 minutes of this entire episode has been <laughs> sidetracked bullshit. But we still. But <laughs> it's, sorry, been like, sorry, ever. it's been Godzilla. It's been Godzilla it's like oh okay occasional we'll talk about godzilla but hey
0: <laughs> sidetrack uh but, but, but like honestly i think this is part i think this is a part of the charm isn't it um we'll get into a topic but then we'll like go all over the place but that's because this is what a typical like <laughs> conversation is between us i think is it usually i feel like is what it is well and we'll eventually and we eventually do circle around back to it but like it's and we do this quite a bit i noticed um <laughs> but um but yeah um so i did say earlier it was better paced um i know i know you said otherwise um i don't know i guess going back in hindsight you are kind of right i mean there are se- certainly moments with ford i would have definitely cut out um, like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff, like let's say you know when he goes on the train, um, mm-hmm. I definitely feel like you could have like like he's taking the train with you know the rest of the army um, to deploy like the bomber or whatnot. Um, you, you could have definitely cut some like time out of that. well,
1: well I wonder if if Ford was a much what uh, was a better established character from the mm-hmm. start. If those scenes, if I would have had no complaints with the pacing then, because uh, because like I like I've been saying, you know, not the most engaging character. So. But if he was, then I feel the the runtime wouldn't wouldn't be as noticeable. Like you could have shown some scenes
0: like that really, truly show off like that help qualify his status as like a bomb expert or whatnot um that would have been great to help establish that um instead you just see that he's a family man we get that he he cares for his family um even though he's only with his family for like twice in the movie
1: i mean he um, he verbally explains his knowledge of bombs but you know the whole this is cinema you're not supposed to explain it you're supposed to show it i mean if anything i think it uh like the movie, if uh, if you're going to flash forward 15 years later, you know, just have like a little two minute sequence of him defusing a bomb or something. Exactly. Like, I, I would agree with that. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 like, I would have gone with that just to, you know, just to show, you know, how he is in his element. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's part of because I feel all the ingredients are there to make Ford a good protagonist. But it comes off as very hollow. We're told he's a good family man, but we don't really feel it. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, it's implied that he's very good at what he does. But you don't really get we, to see much of it. But uh, we just We kind of just have to take their word for it. And sometimes you can get away with that. But it's often through visual storytelling that you can... Uh, you know like f- for example in uh in jaws there's uh uh you know like once uh once Brody and Hooper are uh talking to Quint before they uh, hop on board on the Orca you know there's uh there's a bunch of uh you know shark jaws that are uh that are plastered all throughout Quint's little uh little uh I don't know I don't know if that's his house or his his little shop or whatever and it's implied that those are all sharks that he's killed through over the years. He doesn't explain how he doesn't, uh, he doesn't come out and say like, I killed these sharks because I wanted to, or, you know, anything like that. He didn't have to explain it. You just, you just, you see it. Hmm. And then, and that created a really interesting sense of mystery behind his backstory. And, uh, and then when he, you know, gives his, uh, you know, when he gives his, uh, backstory later on, on, on the USS Indianapolis, it, uh, you know, it it fills in a little bit, uh, it fills in a little, uh, little bit of the puzzle, but not everything. And that's what helps keep him an engaging character because you're, uh, you're given an idea for what he does, what he's capable of, and later on, you're given some context to how he, how why he is the way he is. Like, what's mm-hmm. his drive? And that was, you know, aside from his actual monologue, it's done purely through visuals, and and that's why I think establishing Ford being very good at what he does. If you just had a two minute sequence in uh, in his character introduction. I think it would have made all the difference.
0: And again, that just goes to show that Brian Cranston was the best part of this movie. <laughs> was the best yeah. Part this again.
1: Movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, No, look, no disrespect to the rest of the actors. Cause I think, I honestly think the acting is pretty solid overall. Like, right. Um, yeah. No, but, like, I mean, everyone, everyone, everyone gives a, everyone everyone's given it like 110 with, with their roles. I mean, yeah, um,
1: it, it, it's Godzilla. And everyone is taking the material seriously, which is which is very commendable. But but
0: the writing and the engagement and, and the characters, they're not very like developed. They're not very engaging. The only if you really do think about it, the only true engaging character <laughs> God damn it. It's Brian Cranston. It's Brian Cranston.
1: It's, Bryan Cranston. <laughs> ah, it's like I I want to love this movie. I really do. Instead, I just, I like it a lot, but I want to love it. (laughs) Mm, That is, that is disappointment.
0: Isn't, I mean, I agree. I I mean, I don't love it, but um, I do really like Jeff. I really do enjoy and like this movie a lot. I still think after seven years, it still holds up. Um, It it does. There are definitely things. There are definitely things I would have done better. Like, maybe establish the characters more. Um, Don't try not to like pick up the pace, if you will, like pace better pace it throughout. Um, I mean, the pacing for me, I didn't have a problem with, but like there are definitely moments where it could been like, okay, you could have definitely cut this shorter. You could have definitely cut that shorter. Um, Like the character, you could have made the characters more engaging, having like we said earlier, have more of a, like the father and the son, uh rekindling uh relationship the rekindling of that relationship uh be at the forefront um I, like again it really just goes to show that brian cranston really was the best character <laughs> you're gonna find out re- so yeah that's the moral of this story folks brian is the best character in godzilla Take 2014
1: it, God, every time we've said brian cranston <laughs> Uh, Brian
0: Cranston was the best character. Brian Cranston was the best character. Brian Cranston was the best character. And they're dead. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Sue him, not me. Hey, you did this in Tremors 3 right? Where you, where you were going like back to perfection, back to perfection, back to perfection, back to perfection, and they're dead. And you're like, there's audio proof of me so in saying that, uh, yeah, take a shot every time we say back to perfection. So take a take a shot or just down your shot every time. <laughs> Actually, I think I every a, time we
1: mentioned Brian Cranston, I've been for God's sakes. Actually, in my desk drawer, I had like a mini bottle of Captain Morgan. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> Did you really?
1: Uh, uh, well, hmm. since I mentioned it, I'd be kind of a <laughs> bitch move to not drink it. Oh, uh, so overall,
0: um, I I think for me. I mean, Jeff has pretty much pointed it out. Like he really wishes the, this movie. I mean, we both, it's fair to say that we both do like this movie a lot. Um, We definitely feel like it could have been approved on, but I, I you know what? I do apologize. I, I cut Jeff off at saying that, like, I think this movie still holds
1: up, but so I'll let you finish that thought. Debating whether and, or not to take a shot of this Captain Morgan. <laughs>
0: i do this for the art uh. <laughs> see folks that's another part of that uh discussion too earlier but um like you do it for the art um have a drink along the way too <laughs> oh. uh <Whew. laughs> i'm sorry i <I'm> just <laughs>
1: You son of a bitch. <sighs> that burns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. um, What were we talking about?
0: I was just saying. <laughs> I was saying that I still think after seven years, this movie still holds up.
1: Yes, it's for what it does. Um, for what it does right, it fucking nails, it nails, it nails the atmosphere. Uh, for the most part, it, it nails the tone. It, it nails Godzilla. It, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, visually demonstrating the power of this creature. Perfect. Gareth Edwards directed the shit out of this movie. And he really does a wonderful job with this, uh, with this, and I think uh, when it comes to showcasing sheer size and scope of something, Gareth Edwards is one of the best out there. He uh, he did he showcased it in in uh, Monsters and obviously in Godzilla and uh, and Rogue One. He he really did a good job. I forgot he directed Rogue One. I almost forgot yeah. Rogue One. <laughs> And, um, and so, so I definitely think he's one of the, um, uh, when it comes to handling large visual effects, uh, driven movies, he's, he's definitely one of the better ones out there. His shortcomings just come in the form of, uh, of characters. And I don't know if, you know, you know, same kind of problem, uh, I have with, uh, with Rogue One is I, I don't really care about the characters. And I don't know if that's from his direction or the scripts he has to work with. I don't know. But if, um, but whatever the case, all this movie had to be was a faithful enough recreation of Japan's most iconic character. And it did that, it absolutely did that. And do I wish, uh, were there things that I would personally change? Oh yeah. But I can't deny the, uh, God, that captain Morgan's hit me a little bit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so when it came to the, uh, This is all you man.
0: <laughs> I think what Jeff's trying to say is that despite its shortcomings, despite um some not some characters that are nah despite despite Brian Cranston being the only interesting character, Jeff is right. I'm not taking this, another fucking shot. Okay. <laughs> this is by far the best redemption movie you could make for Godzilla in terms of Godzilla for American audiences. Um, this is, you definitely feel like Godzilla is a king, a monster, an apex predator. Not that <laughs> little, like, iguana-like fucking thing you saw in, like, 1998. Um, it, it, the scope of it is great. The cinematography is breathtaking. Alexander Displas Depl- score. Oh, that
1: opening theme alone um, just is fucking epic. Um, well, I, I do wish that the original Godzilla theme was implemented, but it will get to King of the Monsters. Do I remember? Oh, yeah, it does.
0: I do remember. Yeah. Bear McCurry does a pretty fucking epic score on that, but um, we'll get to
1: that in time. Honestly, uh, yeah, just a little bit of a, hey, it's time for another side note. Bear McCurry <laughs> is probably my favorite, uh definitely one of my favorite working composers right now That man is is a fucking genius i love how experimental he gets Ugh. i
0: i i've heard, i remember listening to some of his scores i remember uh, i remember listening the first i think the first time i heard his music was in um do you remember a tv show called human target on fox um he did the score for that for the first season
1: um he did and the score then, for uh the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, he did? Yeah, okay, that's it. this guy. Oh, yeah, sure. they chose the right, they chose the right guy then for
0: King of the Monsters, but we'll get to that in due time. But that, that, overall, um I think what we're trying to say is Godzilla 2014, we enjoy it,
1: but Brian Cranston should have
0: <laughs> would have made that movie. Brian so
1: motherfucking <laughs> Cranston. Ah, he so, admitted that it was a creative mistake. Uh, <laughs> 'cause i like i i know people who who will you know defend or uh who will defend this movie in every regard who say it's a masterpiece, and I want to agree I really <laughs> do, but I can't overlook stuff like that <laughs> i just I can't i tried and i can't Oh, god <laughs> uh but but yeah so from the perspective of someone who I know my Godzilla, like I'm let's be, I'm, I'm just being real, like I, I know my shit with Godzilla and god it sounded so douchey uh, <laughs> again, there's a reason I, I didn't talk to girls for a long time <laughs> 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 Oh, I've met
0: I've met his girlfriends though and um uh, I'm glad that he's gone out there and socialized after <laughs> after so long too <laughs> Sorry
1: dude <laughs> <sighs> Uh yeah so from the perspective of someone who uh like who cared about this franchise so tremendously to see it uh to see it being in the hands of someone who clearly had the best of intentions when making this movie. And I, I can't fault Gareth Edwards attempt because even though I don't agree with some of the creative decisions made, when it comes down to it, the monsters, the monsters, the monsters, the monsters. Perfect. I'm not a fan of the MUTO design that much, but even the way those uh, those creatures are filmed like the uh, that first sequence of the muto breaking uh, breaking out of its enclosure and remember god there ain't going to be a beautiful butterfly coming out of that cocoon <laughs> exactly <laughs> we'll always find a way to bring fred warden into these discussions
0: or just any way to bring Tremors into <laughs> fucking <it. laughs> I mean, we've spent how many episodes now talking about Tremors? God damn it, we're not even done with that franchise. Like, we'll get back to that at some we're, point.
1: We're not even halfway done. <laughs> nope, no, we're not. Anyways, Godzilla. I'm sorry. Oh, the most sidetracked episode of all time. Uh, <laughs> we said yeah. about Tremors three and Dark City. What the fuck? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so final final conclusion. It's I've kind of had a complicated relationship with this movie over the years, not really knowing how to definitively feel about it. Uh, It's been quite a few years since I've watched it, but I'm glad I did because I was able to get a, kind of get a fresh perspective on it. And I, in hindsight, I really appreciate uh, you know, the way Gareth Edwards uh, filmed this movie, the way uh, uh, the care, the care and attention dedicated to every shot. It, it was clearly made by people who loved Godzilla and wanted to, to do him justice. And, you know, when so many franchises are carelessly treated and disrespected, having one that meant so much to me personally being, uh, basically being looked after it, uh, it leaves a nice warm fuzzy feeling. Yeah.
0: Well, I think there you have it, folks. Yeah, so overall, like I said, Godzilla twenty fourteen still holds up pretty well, but then again, just wish you had Brian Cranston more in it. But um <laughs> Brian
1: fucking Cranston.
0: Uh, but but no, yes, Godzilla twenty fourteen is definitely the best Godzilla movie until you get to, well, that's questionable. Some people will say that Godzilla King of the monsters is a masterpiece, but we'll get to that in due time because um, did you
1: see, uh, did you see Shin Godzilla by any chance? I did.
0: You want to do a future episode on that too? Because we should, I I think we should. I think we should too, but all in good time then. But, um, I think that's gonna finally wrap up this fucking episode. Dear God, <laughs> God, we. What uh, I have to well, say though, this is a- always the of, fun. We almost it's reached fun. length of a
1: fucking movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> but I have to say though, it's always, despite how sidetracked we get, I I always enjoy these fucking talks with my man here because it's always, it's we always have something interesting to say, don't we? Even if we do get sidetracked. Um, I, I don't know if Jeff's feels the same way, but that's how I feel.
1: Um, uh, I feel buzzed. That's
0: what I feel right now. <laughs> all right. I guess that's going to end it there, folks. So uh, be sure to follow us on our socials and follow the TNAP, uh, the TNAP cast page on Instagram. So um, for all of us here at uh, two nerdskis in and a podcast, this is Eric. This Jeff is, is Jeff. fucking. Yep. Jeff's fucking buzzed. So, um, <laughs> uh stay shiny everybody we will see you for kong skull island in the next episode oh yeah like us (laughs) dear god have a good one everyone